Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, July 28th. God's work all these centuries coming together. Today's scripture reading is found in Matthew chapter 3, verses 14 through chapter 4, verse 1 from the Message Translation, which reads, Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John to baptize him. John objected. I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, just do it. God's work, putting all things right, all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's Spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice. This is my Son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. The devil was ready to give it. This is God's Word. We must fulfill all righteousness. That's the traditional rendering of Jesus' response to John the Baptist. That's Creepy John, if you watch The Chosen, or as I like to call him, Duncan John, which will, of course, never catch on. Jesus comes to be baptized, a moment that all four Gospels reference, but only Matthew's account mentions John's initial refusal and Jesus' insistence with this stated reason. We must fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill all righteousness might conjure up an image of a checklist, like Jesus' personal moral checklist, his own divine to-do list, that would have started with loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor with yourself, and then coursing on through the remaining 611 other commands in the Torah, to which the divine call to be dunked in the river by John was presumably added. Jesus couldn't very well be tempted in every way like we are and yet without sin if he turned away from the waters of John's baptism, right? I mean, after Torah, this was next on the list. Okay, sometimes this mentality carries over to the baptism Jesus enjoins that was modeled after John's practice. Well, it's the next thing on your pious to-do list after we come to repentance and faith, right? So, in imitation of Jesus' example of obedience, we obey too, and down we go, dunked just like Jesus. Check it off. Okay, I get that, and imitating Jesus' example is certainly a solid motivation for doing anything. So, the last thing I want to do is belittle that motivation with a but. I just think there's more going on here. And I really don't think Jesus related to Torah, or John for that matter, is a pietistic to-do list. Nor does he intend that we should relate or reduce anything he said to such a to-do list. There's more at play here. And I think Eugene Peterson's rendering beautifully captures it. Jesus insisted, just do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. God's work, all these centuries, is coming together in this moment. This is more than a dutiful dunking. 
This is divine destiny. Matthew takes care throughout his storying of Jesus' words and deeds to demonstrate the fulfilling, on a profound level, the full realization of Israel's story, or rather, God's unfolding story in and through Israel in the life of Jesus. Matthew's not shy in calling out the parallels, threatened with death as an infant by a royal edict, followed by a temporary sojourn in the land of Egypt, followed by his own mini-exodus back to the Promised Land, and his own immersion in the Jordan River, which functions as his own primal waters of chaos, complete with caressing presence of the dove that doesn't just do a flyby or just perch on his shoulder for a moment like some sort of messianic mascot. It's like he absorbed it. It became part of him so that he himself would now embody that caressing divine presence in a chaotic world that he would caress into a new cosmos. But before the caressing and cosmos must first be the full encounter with the watery abyss that is baptism, in his case, in the Jordan, which significantly means flowing down, or as I would call it, the great descent, which is what baptism is. In our baptism, we enter into the coming together of the great work of God through the centuries. We don't just picture it, we enter it. We are swept up into it as the us that emerges from that watery abyss become the next chapter in that ongoing coming together of God's great centuries-old work, which is indeed so much more than merely crossing off another item on today's to-do list. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, how fully aware were you when you were baptized of just how significant that moment was? In what ways has your understanding of what baptism means grown in your mind and heart? How can we live more fully into this reality of God's great work all these centuries coming together? Lord, draw me to these waters, not the polite waters of a genteel christening, but to the overwhelming, catastrophic waters of new creation, new birth, new life. Cut the lines to every anchoring drag that would hold me back. Let the vessel of my old life break into pieces, shatter the illusion that I can somehow take it with me. Let old things pass away that all things may become new as I dive in and go for it. Through your mercies.